Welcome to Restoration City Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed by this message. Let me just go into the word just very quickly. Some things I just want to share. I don't have much time. We were sharing from the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Let me just read a few verses from Ephesians chapter 1. Help us to put some context to what God is doing. It says in verse number 3, Ephesians 1, 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy He wants us to be holy and without blame before him in love. Love is the motivation behind God. Everything he does is motivated by love. By love or because of love he has predestinated us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. According to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both in heaven and in, sorry, both all things in Christ which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Paul is writing and he's, he's saying to the church, He's giving them three, three contexts to which the church must understand. The church, we need to understand the purpose. And he's, Paul is laying out the purpose of the church. He's laying out the plan that God has for us. And also the provisions which God has for the church. He talks about the fact that everything that, as I said before, everything that God does concerning us, is driven by love. If you want to prophesy, it has to come out of love. If you need to preach, it has to come out of love. If you're going to intercede, it has to come out of love. Everything we do must be driven and motivated by love. That's what, that's what our Father is. And we said last week, whatever we see the Father does, that's what we do. We, are, we should be a people driven by love. That's the reason why we came out of to church today is because of love. That's, that's the, 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 the factor, the reason why we got out of a bed and for some people they've been working hard week and then they're tired. The reason we come out is we are driven by love. The reason why I, we worship and the worship team, you've done so well today. Thank you. Because you need to understand they're not here to entertain us. This is not a concert. This is not a, we're not there to be entertained. We are all worshippers. 
We are all worshippers. So we don't just leave it for the team to do. We are all worshippers. And what we do is driven by love. The worship we have, the prayer we have is all driven by love. And so in this, uh, in the book of Ephesians, he speaks about, because he loves us, he's blessed us. To bless means he's going to cause us to prosper. He's going to cause us to succeed. Unless God bless something, there's gonna be, there will never be success. If there's going to be success of your life, of your family, of your business, anything that you do, it must be blessed by God. So what he's done, he said that there are some blessings that he's given to the church. And when God blesses, he doesn't take it back. He blesses and he gives the blessings to us. And so the blessings, we went through some of this two weeks ago. It says, number one, number one, the blessings that he's given to us. It says that I have chosen you before the foundation of the world. That's, what he's, that's one of the first blessings that he has. Before the foundation of the world, he chose us that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So number one, he calls, he has chosen us. Number two, he adopts us as children. So not only has he chosen us, he adopts us. He brings us into his family. And he is our father. We, we made mention about this um, last week. And John says, as many as receive him to them, he gave power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I was saying this is so important for us to understand sonship. Because most of the time how we've been raised is we've been raised to understand the scriptures from a servant or from a slave mentality. And you, you will never walk into your full blessings unless you understand your position as sons. Sons have a different position than servants and slaves. We have been brought in as sons and adopted as sons. That's a whole, that's, that's, I can go, I can preach on that for ages because there's so much blessings that we have when we are sons. Not only that, he goes on to say, not only have I accepted you as, uh, not only have I brought you in as sons, but I have, ex you are now accepted into the beloved because you can come in as sonship, but you're not accepted. And you, it's like coming into a family and you come into a family, but your family rejects you. You, you know that can happen. You can, you can be part of a family, but you, you feel rejected. You don't feel accepted. Well, in Scripture, the Paul is saying, you have been accepted into the beloved. You don't have to deal with rejection. If you've accepted, if you've had rejection in the past, when you come to Christ, when you accept Jesus Christ, you are accepted. You are loved. With all your faults, with all your isms and schisms, with all your attitude and all that what makes you you, he still accepts you. You are accepted into the beloved. That's so different from sometimes how we are being raised. Because sometimes how we are raised in our homes, we don't always feel accepted. And as I was saying to Pastor Cleveland, sometimes we feel that we have to achieve things in order to feel accepted. So if I don't get the grades I need, I don't feel accepted. 
If I don't achieve certain status, then I'm not accepted. That is not how the father treats his children. You are accepted with all your faults, with all your flaws, with all your weaknesses, your inabilities, everything. You are accepted and loved by him. And not only that, he now says in, in, in verse number 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So now he starts to, he starts to go in. Because now he's saying, we accept you. But I'm not going to keep you the same way you came in. I'm going to start doing a work on you, and that work is the redemption. Redempt, the redemptive work of God is, is the greatest thing that the blood of Jesus Christ accomplished. Because what his blood was able to do was completely wash away all our sins. That's what his blood was able to do by him going to the cross. That's why we take the communion. When we take the communion, we are reminding ourselves of the finished work of the cross. When we take the communion, we go back to remembering the covenant. That's what the communion is supposed to do each time we do it, is to remember the finished work. That when Jesus on the cross says it is finished, it means the price for your deliverance and, your, and for our salvation has been paid. It's, and the thing is, it's been paid and paid in full. In other words, there was, there was sin held us captive. But there had to be a price, or a price to redeem us. There had to be a ransom, a price had to be paid. Well, the scripture tells us that this price could not be done through silver or through gold. The Bible says, but it's through the precious blood of Jesus. 1 Peter 1 verse 18. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18 says this. It says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your father, but with the precious blood of Jesus, the blessed precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without spot. Because sometimes people don't tell us how valuable we are. Because people don't see the value of who you really are. And, and you are, in the eyes of the Lord, you are more precious than silver and gold. And, and sometimes when we're growing up, because we don't sometimes understand our value and how valuable we are, people tend to abuse us and sometimes we abuse ourselves because we don't see ourselves as being valuable. I give you an, an idea. There was a job that was put for advertising. It was advertising a job. And they advertised the same job at two different salaries. One was 30,000, one was 60,000. Exactly the same job. Exactly the same information on both job spec. But people only went for the 30,000 and didn't go for the 60,000. Exactly the same job. Why? Because they, they didn't feel that they're worth to be paid 60,000. 
You, you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we devalue ourselves. We don't see ourselves as much. But in the eyes of the Lord, he's saying, you are so precious that you could not be bought with silver or gold. I had to allow my son Jesus Christ to come and shed his blood and pay the price to set you and I so that we are totally free. So when we come to Christ, you need to understand you no longer belong to the devil. You have been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and brought in the kingdom of his dear son. There is a transfer, transfer that's taking place. There is a, a, a transfer. You are no longer, you don't owe the devil nothing. He can keep reminding you, but the price has been paid in full. My, your freedom, your deliverance, your salvation has already been paid and been paid in full. Someone say amen. amen. So that means that my debt is like someone when you have a debt and you can never quite finish paying this debt. Because every time you try to pay the debt, interest adds on. And you, you ever been there? You just try to pay it off. You, try, you will never be able to pay it off. But Jesus came along and said, I will shed my blood so that you could be free. And you are not free to go back into slavery. You are freed to become a son. Do you understand? We've been slaves. We've been servants and been slaves. He has brought us out of that. The price has been paid and now he's saying, I've done that because now I want you to be adopted. I want to adopt you as my son. So I'm paying the price so that you no longer have to be a slave to sin. You are totally free. Totally free. That's why when we come to church and we worship, we worship not from a place of being bound. We worship from a place of being freed. You don't worship from a place of guilt and condemnation. The price is paid. We worship from a place of love and relationship. So no one under the sound of my voice have to come here and beat up on yourself and beat up on yourself. You are freed. The price has been paid. What we have to do is walk in our freedom. Walk in the liberty. Now I'm not saying to you to go into the lifestyle of sin because that just binds yourself. What I'm saying he has made the provisions for us to walk into, into this freedom. And when you walk into this freedom, it's a complete different mindset. That's why you have to, the Bible says that we need to be renewed. We have to, that they need to be changed by the renewing of our mind. Our minds have got to be changed because sometimes the way how we worship God, we worship God from a place of being bound and not free. And that's why some people, by the time they walk out of, out of service, they still think they're, they're sinners. They never feel good enough. And you have to start the process all over next week. No, we are sons. We are sons of God. And then let, let me go on to this. Because um, he starts to now reveal the plan that he has. And I've got a few seconds on this, a few minutes. Having verse number nine, he says... Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. 
that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In other words, God starts to reveal his plan, the revelation of God's will. And the revelation of God's will is given to us through Jesus Christ. In other words, he does not want us to be in a place where we're in darkness, where we're searching to find out what is God's will for us. He's saying, I've already revealed it. He's revealed to us that a plan, and his plan was this, that in the right time, he will bring everything together. Everything is coming together under the authority of Jesus Christ. Everything in the plan of God, everything comes under the leadership of Jesus Christ. Not any other prophets. That's why we don't serve any other gods. We don't serve any other prophets. Because that was never the plan of God. God's plan was that everything comes under the headship of Jesus Christ. That's why we're not Muslims. We're not Hindus. We don't serve anything else because that was never God's plan. God's plan is that everything comes under the leadership of Jesus Christ. That's why we worship him. That's why our praise is to him. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 9. Ephesians 3 and verse number 9. In fact, let me go to verse number 8. Paul says, To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given to me, that I should preach amongst the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. To preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Because because of the richness of his grace, the richness of his grace brought us salvation, brought us deliverance. In other words, God ain't poor. So he's saying, Paul is saying, I who am least than all of the the rest have been given this responsibility um, to preach to the Gentile the unsearchable riches of Christ. And listen to this. And to make known and to make all people see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Someone say mystery. Mystery. Right. This mystery which from the beginning of ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. So this, Paul is saying, There's a mystery here, and this mystery has been hidden in Christ. Okay? Now watch this. To the intent that now, someone say now, the manifold or the many-sided wisdom of God might be made known by the church. So the church needs to know the many-sided wisdoms of God. That the, watch this carefully, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church 
to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. I read that when I was reading that this morning. It it put a smile on my face. Because you know what Paul was saying? There is a mystery that was hidden. It was hidden in Christ. That all things had to come under him. And none of the princes, because if they had known, they would never have crucified him. So the principalities and the powers, they don't know this mystery. They didn't know what Jesus was doing. When they saw Jesus hanging on the cross, they saw the cross as a place of weakness. Whilst we who are the believers, we see this as a place of strength, as a place of breakthrough, as a place of victory. They didn't understand this. So Marcia said, this is what Paul is saying. Now to the intent, the church, someone say the church, us, we need to know the many-sided, the manifold wisdom of God. Because it's the church's responsibility, help us Lord, it's the church's responsibility to let the principalities and power know who our God is. You're you're not hearing me. Because we thought that Jesus would be, he said, no, the church, the church needs to let principalities and power know about our God is able. The principalities and powers need to know through the church. But if the church don't know what God can do, if the church is blinded and don't know the manifold wisdom of God and don't understand the power of God, if we don't know it, we can't walk in it. Therefore, we are blind. We don't fulfill what we're supposed to fill. But the minute the church, because the Bible says it's been revealed to us, Lord have mercy. Let me just finish this. In, 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 in Colossians chapter 1.25, and I'll finish here. Colossians 1.25. Because there's a mystery, because the church is jumping up and down, Pastor O'Neill, but we have no understanding. I, I, I come to bring understanding because when you understand what we're supposed to be doing and who we are, we stand strong. This is not just about us being emotional. When I finish dancing, I need to walk straight when I'm done. I need to walk with understanding. When I'm praising, I need to know why I'm praising. I'm not just joining in because everybody else is praising. I've got a reason. I've got a reason why I'm praising. If you see me cry, there's a reason. If you see me shout, there's a reason. I'm doing it with understanding. And he's saying that there is a mystery that has been hidden. And now that mystery has been revealed to the church, that the church needs to come into a place of understanding the manifold wisdom of God, that we understand how God works. Then we decree and declare it to the principalities and powers. Look, don't play with me, because I know God. Don't play with me, I know his power. Don't play with me, I know he's a God who heals. Don't play with me. I know he's a God who delivers. That revelation comes to us. And what we as believers, as a church need to do, is walk in the revelation of who he is. I know that I know that I know that I know. I know my stuff. And when the principalities and power 
when they know that you know your stuff, they're backing off. Because the Bible says they who know their Lord will be strong and do great exploits. When you know God, when you know Him, not just what we sing about and get happy about, when you know, and then when you know, and then you can declare it to principalities and powers, get out of my way. Do you know who you're playing with? When you know, and you can declare to principalities and powers, get out of my way. Because I know who I am. And I know what God has done. Because it's mystery. Because you didn't know what Jesus was doing. Because if you had known, you would have left him alone. But the same power that raised Christ from the dead, and you didn't know that, that same power is now in us. And so the church, the church must now educate principalities and powers. You couldn't hold Jesus down, and you ain't going to hold me down. You couldn't hold Jesus back, you ain't holding me back. Because I know who I am. Now, let me end with this. It says, oh God, if only I have time. It says in Colossians 1.25, it says the mystery... Someone say the mystery, which had been hidden from ages and from generations, but now, someone said now, has been revealed to his saints. To them, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of his glory and this mystery amongst the Gentiles. You say, Lord, what is this riches? You keep talking about these riches. You, talk, you keep talking about, about this mystery. What is this, what is this mystery that you keep talking about? What is this revelation that we need to know? And you know what the scripture says? This is what it is. Christ in you. The hope of glory. The mystery that's been hidden is this. That Christ now, he doesn't just come around you. Christ in you. The Christ in you is the hope of glory. The hope is the expectation of something good. As long as you got hope, you have a way out. As long as you have hope, tomorrow's going to be a better day. As long as you can hold on to hope, as long as you have hope, there is always a way out. There's always a way out. God is able. He's able. Why? Because Christ in me gives me the hope. So when principalities and powers, when they said, but we saw the doctor's report. We heard what the doctors say. But you didn't hear what God said. You heard the doctors, but you didn't hear what God says. As long as I can hold on to hope, the Christ that's in me gives me hope. The Christ that's in you gives you hope. We pray you're encouraged with the Word of God. For more information about Restoration City Church, please visit us at www.restorationcc.org.uk.